Do you like what you're hearing? Help us celebrate our one-year anniversary. You have until November 13, 2018 to leave us a written review along with a star rating. Then shoot an email to contact at sparkjoypodcast.com with your username for a chance to win a copy of SparkJoy signed by Marie Kondo. You can visit sparkjoypodcast.com forward slash iTunes for more details. And now, on to the show. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Kimono, kimono, and more kimono. Today, we take a deep dive into the fourth KonMari signature category. You guessed it, kimono, which is Japanese for miscellaneous items. Because kimono quite often is the largest clutter category volume-wise, it's so important for us to help you break it down in a way that it's manageable and most joyful to explore. Before we continue, we should note if you are just starting your tidying journey or in need of a refresher on how categories work in the Kamari method, listen to SparkJoy Episode 1, Kamari 101, and Episode 9, Tidying by Location is a Fatal Mistake. All right, now it's time for a joy check. What's sparking joy for you today, Karen? Well, Kristen, I have to say I am so excited that I have, I guess, received kind of a special honor. I I was quoted in Oprah's magazine online. It was such an honor. And I, along with several other KonMari consultants, got interviewed to answer questions about what kind of quirky or interesting organizational things do we do in our own home? So it was kind of supposed to be like a peek behind the curtain, but it was great fun. And um, it's always very exciting to see your name in print. And so, of course, my mother was quite impressed, too. So, uh, so it was all good. I guess that was the kind of the big thing this week that happened that sparked a lot of joy. And of course, I'm very happy that the KonMari consultant community is getting recognized as, you know, people who know about organizing. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, that's really major. Oprah, next to your name, Val. Yeah. (laughs) You are honored by the queen. (laughs) So that's awesome. Yeah, it's a little overwhelming and very unexpected. It was just one of those things that just kind of came out of the blue, I guess, which is uh, the way a lot of things that spark joy happen. So it's all good. So Kristen, what about you? Well, I am working very hard behind the scenes to redesign my website. It's now about two years old and it is my virtual home. So Mm -hmm. it, it was in need of some tidying up and a little bit of refacing, some intense tidying up. (laughs) So uh, although I loved it, the original version, and it's very nostalgic, and a couple of things are going to stay, and it still has a very familiar tone, there's some big upgrades I'm really excited about launching very, very soon. And I will make sure to post to the Spark Joy podcast community as well when it's up. And there's a couple surprises in store when I do launch the site that will help you move from absorbing information to taking action, which is really my mission around tidying these days. It's been really fun just spreading the word about Kanmari across Chicago. That's sparking a lot of joy. 
And yeah, I just want to continue to do that on my virtual platform as well. So can't wait to announce that very soon. Well, that's super cool and very exciting. And we definitely will make sure that we let everyone know when it's up and running. So everyone can run over and check it out because I'm sure it's going to be really amazing. Now on to kimono. Kimono or miscellaneous items is the fourth and second to last signature Kanmari clutter category. It intentionally lands after clothing, books, and paper in that particular order because you need to get a bit warmed up and a bit more practice before jumping in to trying to joy check your miscellaneous items. Miscellaneous items play a super important role in everyone's life. They are sometimes the supporting characters in everything that we do. So they also certainly deserve not only careful consideration, but they need to be handled properly and sorted and organized properly as well. Unlike clothing, books, or papers, this category can include an almost endless diverse range of items. It's important to break it down into subcategories because otherwise it's just impossible to manage. We don't want to feel overwhelmed as part of our process. It's hard work, but we don't want it to become so difficult and challenging that we feel overwhelmed because then we don't make a decision. So it's really important, this category more than any other, that we talk about subcategories. Here are some of the things that you may come across as you're thinking about your miscellaneous subcategories. CDs and DVDs, skincare products and other toiletries, makeup and perfume, valuables, things like your passport, credit cards, that kind of thing, electrical equipment and appliances. Household equipment, things like your writing materials and your office supplies, sewing kits, things like linens, medicine, cleaning supplies, your laundry detergent, Kleenex, tissues, little things like that. Uh, linens, of course, are always a big one, both uh, not only bath linens, but bedroom linens and then even kitchen linens as well. Kitchen items, speaking of, this would include, of course, everything from your juice glasses to your wine glasses to your pots and pans to your Tupperware containers, to your silverware, just about everything you can think of in your kitchen. Emergency supplies, such as flashlights or your go bag or whatever you might have. Even in your car, tools that you keep in your car for emergencies. Hobbies, this is a big one for a lot of people. So this would include your crafting items, or if you're a knitter or a painter, or even if you play a musical instrument, all the things that are associated with that. Gifts, of course, things that you might have picked up along the way to give us future gifts. I know a lot of times people will shop for the holidays or for birthdays throughout the year. This could also include gifts that you've received that you've stuck away somewhere because you're just not quite sure what to do with it. Uh, seasonal items, of course, this can include seasonal sporting goods, for example, your camping gear, your skiing gear. It can also include your Christmas decorations or your other holiday decorations that you might have. And then even home decor and furniture. Believe it or not, furniture is even something that we consider part of the miscellaneous categories. It's basically Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why we often find those Amazon brown boxes in homes all across our regions. Mm -hmm. Because I know I had an issue with a little bit too many visits to Amazon. This is how those little tiny things and the big miscellaneous things start to build up. And these are just universal common categories. You may have other unique subcategories that match your unique interests. For example, we received a message from SparkJoy listener Lisa, 
She says, as a hobby sore, I would love to hear an episode on people conmarrying their craft spaces. Well, Lisa, this is the episode for you. Hobbies definitely falls under kimono. It often requires a bit of special attention. We suggest that you start by checking in with your vision. Does this particular hobby itself spark joy? And is it relevant to you today? Is this hobby something that seems to be competing too much with other priorities? If so, it might be time to put a hobby in the past as it may not be something that you see as part of your vision going forward. Has this hobby become a burden or something that weighs you down? I know a lot of times people can get in the middle of a lot of craft projects. Sewing is one of those projects that comes to mind, as a matter of fact. And maybe you don't really like doing it. Or maybe you're the kind of person who has a room full of unfinished or half-completed knitting projects or sewing projects. In order to begin this category properly, you really want to take a look and take inventory of what you see for yourself as your vision for the future. Many of my clients are extremely talented. I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs or those who have a typical nine to five and they explore a lot of hobbies on the side in their home. For example, my client, Beth, who is featured in Spark Joy episode 56, he talked a lot about creating her Zen room, which is another name for her craft room. It's Mm. a space for her to be creative. And there's going to be music related items in there because she taught herself how to play the piano at age 12. She's been in rock bands and loves music. There's also going to be a side that's dedicated to knitting as well, because she's also been a published knitter and has a lot of yarn and other knitting supplies that need to be honored and really influence that space in a way that elevates those two hobbies. It leaves no barrier for her to just go in that room and really explore and have a lot of joy. And when we think about kimono and hobbies, You want to think about storage because that's going to be very important. It's important to keep like items together to understand the extent of your active supplies and materials versus materials that you're just stockpiling, either backups or just remnants and things like that. So definitely make a goal of elevating the space and making sure that there's a lot of flat surface area dedicated to the activity and the craft itself and not to storage. So create boundaries that spark joy in a self-contained craft space that aligns with the vision of your life. Store the things that spark joy upright and on edge in those drawers and in the bins that become available during the tidying process before reaching out and finding new bins from your favorite store. Good luck, Lisa. Please send us an update on your Kamari journey and your joyful craft space. We'd love to see that. So if you could tag us on Facebook or Instagram, we will share with the community. I think it's so interesting how during the period of going through the kimono categories that people really come to face with their past and their vision for the future. Because I can think of so many clients while I was listening to you talk about Lisa's question, who when we first met, they would have said that this hobby was so important to them. But then when we got into the middle of it and after they had already gotten some experience under their belt, going through some of the other categories and thinking about how to evaluate things that maybe that craft category or that craft uh, hobby wasn't so important to them because if it were that important to them, they would have made more room for it. They would have invested or found more time to do those things. So it's really an interesting process and maybe kind of an emotional process, especially if you've invested a lot of your energy into 
your personal identity as a person who does this particular craft. So it is a super interesting category, but I think identifying what it is that is holding you into a place where you feel like you're not sure how to approach it, maybe there's some really important questions there. Like, you know, what part of my home do I feel I want to dedicate to this craft? And is it contributing the corresponding amount of quality to my life? It's a very interesting question. And you might find a little bit of sentimental items in this category. I know I did when I was going through my own process. Mm -hmm. I found something that was a bit crafty and a bit sentimental at the same time. It was my great grandmother's sewing table. And I kept Mm -hmm. lugging it from home to home because I had in my mind this idea that I was going to teach myself how to sew. I love Project Runway, but I haven't sewn since eighth grade when I sewed a pair of boxer shorts or whatever. So it really wasn't relevant. And it was so awkward for me to lug this piece of furniture around that it just didn't seem very joyful anymore, even though it was sentimental. And maybe one day in the future, again, words that we don't really love to use too much, I may think about sewing way down the line. But by then, if I haven't been honoring and actually using that machine, it's going to rust or it's just not going to be repairable. So I had to really think about the reality of keeping this item in my life and I let it go and I was able to make more space in my pod that came on over to Chicago with me. And I also was able to elevate and honor The item that I did keep from my great grandmother, which was Mm. a ceramic vase that my aunts passed down to me because they knew how much I liked its design and color and all of that. And I would always comment on it when I, I would see it in their home. So I feel like that piece is even more special because I let go of the weight and the insignificance that the other piece had. And so it literally physically makes space for other more important things, but also it can just relieve you of emotions that need to be put in the past as well. Right. And I think it's important to mention, although this is more relevant to the sentimental category, is that we don't live in museums. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our homes are not designed to be shrines to our past. So I do agree that it's so important to make sure that what you are holding on to from your past or from your family are those things that are super important and meaningful to you. Just the fact that someone in your family owned it does not necessarily make that item irreplaceable or something that you just cannot let go of. It's also important to note, getting back to kimono, that this conversation really demonstrates why this can be such a difficult category, because unlike clothing, books, and paper, kimono category is so broad, and everyone will have different subcategories in their miscellaneous. The order that you do this in is completely up to you. So while we talk in terms of clothing, um, generally we say you should do tops first, or you know we might give a particular category priority. When it comes to kimono, it's really up to you. It may be in your best interest, however, to take on a high impact category in kimono first. And we say this because a lot of times by the time you get to miscellaneous, you might be feeling a little bit discouraged because sometimes the categories that come before are not categories that are as visible, especially paper is a really good example of this. Even though you may have lots of paper, lots and lots of paper still only takes up a certain amount of space. The kimono is really the mainstay of what's going to be in your home. A lot of times we find that clients tend to pick a certain area, especially moms, and that area is, to no one's surprise, the kitchen. 
The kitchen seems to be an area of kimono that is a high impact. In most families or for most people, they spend a lot of time in the kitchen. That's kind of the first place that people gravitate to when they come home. We spend a lot of time there preparing meals, getting ready for the day. And so it's a really high impact, high activity area. And sometimes doing that category of kimono first will net you a lot of positive results. But however you decide to approach kimono, whatever subcategory you pick, remember that there is actually an end to all of it. And the most important thing, as with all other categories, when you're looking at the things and determining what holds the most value for you, keep in mind that if everything is important, then nothing is important. Every time I hear that, I immediately think of the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) I'll apologize (laughs) in advance for those that love Cheesecake Factory. I absolutely love the cheesecake at Cheesecake Factory. But when I sit down at the restaurant, I immediately get anxious and overwhelmed because there just seems to be an endless number of things on that Cheesecake Factory menu. I have never even read the whole thing. I don't think because it is just all the things, anything you could ever imagine. And that just gives me a lot of pause because I just always think, how can a restaurant specialize, quote unquote, in all of the things? What what is their signature? What is going to stand out? Are they spreading themselves too thin? And if everything's important, nothing is important. I just never understood why focus couldn't just be on the cheesecake (laughs) because the cheesecake's awesome. So think about that, like what in your home is in such abundance that it's not really feeling important, even though it's a must keep or a must have. Make sure that you are comfortable with at least walking through and interacting with all of the items and check in to see what your clutter is telling you to see if the number of things that you're keeping is comfortable, whatever that number may be based on the vision and the plan you have for your life. And I think the kitchen is really a great demonstration of that. I know that I've worked with clients who have, I don't know, maybe five or six different kinds of spatulas, but they will tell me what purpose each one serves. And after a while, I can see it clicking in their minds that this is silly, that they really don't need a different spatula or a different device or some obscure culinary thing that they might do once in a while. And we talked a lot about this. Do you have something that serves the purpose of two other items? And, and, you know, going back to this whole thing that having too much diversity can sometimes really generate clutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And decision fatigue. Yeah. Miscellaneous items often include things that lean more utility as well, more than joyful. For example, low joy factor items like appliances or wires and tools or supplies, they may evoke questions like, what if I need this someday? Or can I keep this as a backup? Or what if I need this for this major emergency? It's important to lean on the vision when you start to ask yourself questions like that. Think about your ideal lifestyle and living environment. Let that ground you in your mind and also in your space. And if you need some additional help defining your vision, check out SparkJoy Episode 5, How to Visualize Your Ideal Lifestyle and Living Environment. So let's chat a little bit about how to handle this category with care while keeping your sanity. So first are small items. This can be, oh my gosh, just an endless array of everything from 
jewelry items or for some reason I, I think of a lot of the things that are in our everything drawer the yes, everything, thumbtacks, that are paper in the clips mm-hmm. paper clips um even if you've recognize that you don't need a whole lot of them. They still, in and of themselves, are so small. And yet it's really sometimes overwhelming just to corral them all together to take a look at those. So that can be a real challenge. And again, the suggested subcategories are just very broad and intentionally broad because really it's so up to you as to what those subcategories will consist of. I went on a big decorative paperclip kick a while back. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed to discover that our beloved Amazon.com is actually a great source for a million different types of fun paperclips. Of course. <laughs> so over time, I accumulated several different varieties of those. So for me, paperclips is actually a subcategory, which sounds kind of silly, but it is. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where you divide the categories down to something more manageable and divide and divide until it's something that you can manage. You might run across some mystery or mixed bins of items that you have no idea what's inside. I hear that a lot. I have no idea what's in here. And if that's the case, I would recommend setting up a staging area for you to lean on your sorting first before making decisions. So actually emptying out these bins and doesn't have to be absolutely all of them, but whatever you can handle in the tidying time that you've allotted for yourself opening those up and sorting them into the categories that they're probably just organically fall into. That's a way to just keep things maybe in just the living room area temporarily out, you know, while you're making decisions or maybe off in the guest room. So be out of the way of others. Definitely create a staging space for your decision making and lean on those subcategories. Another issue for some people is feeling really concerned about not wanting to make a big mess that they cannot get put back together before they're done tidying for the day. I see this sometimes when clients are super enthusiastic at the beginning of a session and they just start pulling stuff out, all the cabinets and dumping the doors out and <laughs> and it's great, but I often will slow them down a little bit because at the end of our session, at the end of whatever time you've decided you're going to be dedicating to tidying that day, It's better if you can have those things at least put aside so that you're not looking at a big pile of things that feels really undone. So to whatever degree that you can, try to narrow down your subcategories into something that's manageable. You can always do more. Sometimes it's hard to get things put back together so that you feel comfortable in your home. On the other hand, sometimes you're just going to make a mess. So when you pile up all of that hardware or you pile up all the cleaning supplies and you get them from all parts of the house, maybe you didn't anticipate how many things there would be. So whatever you need to do to kind of put that out of the way or close the door in that room for that temporary period of time while you're sorting, give yourself permission to do that. It's really okay. Remember that it took a long time for your home to get to the place where you feel that it's too cluttered or that there are too many things for you to manage. And it's going to take a little while to get things to the place that you want them to be. Yes. And if the mess is stressing you, also think about the stress that you may be experiencing when you open some of your closet doors. It may Mm -hmm. feel like more of a murmur than a scream, but it's still significant. So either way, there's going to be some anxiety involved. So why not choose the path that's actually going to give you a result after you kind of wade through the waters temporarily? Speaking of messes, let's talk a little bit about kids. (laughs) So (laughs) you might be wondering, when do I take care of my kids' kimono? 
That's something I often hear from my moms and examples of kid kimono would be some similar to adult kimono, maybe some office supplies and markers and pens and things like that. But also toys is a big kimono category. But as always, you're going to save joy checking your kids kimono or any other category until after you feel really strong about the Kanmari method and your own tidying experience. A lot of your tidying experience is going to involve reestablishing some boundaries in your household, whether it be with your kids or spouse or anyone else you share your home with. So it's all about taking care of your kimono first, separating it from the kimono of others. And then once you feel really strong, checking in with them and seeing if they have acquired any interest in moving forward. And if they don't have any interest, then uh, do as you can. But usually, you know, depending on age, it's the parents that ultimately have jurisdiction on what stays in the house. So you can make the call. And the last consideration is the sentimental items that you run across as you're going through your kimono category. And I'm going to guess that you probably know what we're going to say about this one already. Sentimental items should not be sorted while you're doing your kimono to the best of your ability. Now, the problem comes in when you consider all of those items that actually are sentimental, but they're also some useful household item. So for example, let's say you have a big cast iron skillet that belonged to your great aunt or your great grandfather or somebody in your family, and it's in your kitchen and it takes up an enormous amount of space. My question to you would be, do you use it? Do you use it as a skillet? Is it something that's actually a functioning piece of equipment in your home? Or is it just something that's there because it's always been there? If it's something that's just there and you don't really use it that much, but it reminds you of being a kid in your grandparents' kitchen, then it's a sentimental item and it's no longer a kimono. It's actually something entirely different. It's part of the category that you'll be tackling last. So oftentimes when we run across those items, whether it's an rock and roll t-shirt or the pin set that your father used or the cast iron skillet, if it's purely a sentimental item, what I'll say to clients is that cast iron skillet is no longer a skillet. It's a sentimental item. It's a memento. It doesn't function as a skillet any longer. A pin set that you don't use or a a lighter that your father used, uh, but you don't use that as a lighter any longer, then it's no longer a lighter. It's a sentimental item. So to the best of your ability, put those things aside into whatever space you've allocated for sentimental items, and then you'll tackle those things last. And as a reminder, things like photographs or VCR tapes or old cameras, disposable cameras, those things might seem like they would be miscellaneous, but they're actually sentimental because Mm -hmm. they're going to take some time to process, especially if they are of old family memories. So we have a great episode to help you with that. And that's SparkJoy episode 55, Digitizing Your Sentimental Items with Bonnie Shea. So definitely loop back to that one to get a little bit more insight on what to do with your cherished memories. All right. So kimono is a huge category for a reason. Everyone has a different volume and quality and character to their kimono. We've yet to meet any two clients who are even close in type or amount of kimono. Our kimono makes us unique and special. It's a challenging category to say the least because it's so personal. But most people find that tackling kimono brings them the most joy in newfound space, personal expression, and brings them closer to the vision of their best future life. So now we want to hear from you. 
tell us your burning, tiding questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the Spark Joy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at Spark Joy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with KonMari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of KonMari Media Incorporated or the KonMari Consultant Community.